2: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Raptors Republic special trade deadline show. It is not the trade deadline. We will obviously preface the show with that, but we are here. We told you guys we would be here. We did not flake on you guys. It is Thursday, February the 3rd. The trade deadline is, Oren, what day is it? Because I don't want to make myself look stupid. February 10th.
1: And we'll have a show at February 10th at 2 p.m.
2: Nice. Um. We will be going live, uh, just like we are now. Uh, today, I've got Aiden Moss here with me from Raptors Republic, Kyle Brickman from Raptors Republic, at Chucking Bricks. Please follow him. Please follow oh, Aiden brick. Moss. And then we've got um, the, the guy who, you know, eaten doesn't, on wish, Mike. doesn't eaten even want to on show Mike. his face right now, uh, Oren Weisfeld is here with us as well, Raptors Republic's very own, um, as well as representing Complex Canada. Um, thank you all for being here. I don't know how we have, you know, 20 plus people in here already. We've been live for like a minute, but that is super cool. We hope more will join us. Um, The first thing, honestly, we're not going to waste any time at all because me personally, I'm only here for about an hour. Um, The rest of these guys are going to hold down the show maybe for a little bit longer. Um, No, no, um, no guarantees, though, at all, because we might just say we'll wrap it up there. Um, But we're going to get right into it and get into um, what we believe the Raptors will do at the trade deadline, whether we believe they're going to be buyers, sellers, um, whether they're going to stay put, um, some trade targets, uh, some chatter we've been hearing. We're going to be sourcing um, some work that some of the best Raptors personalities have uh, posted in the last uh, couple of weeks. So we have a lot scheduled for today, and we're going to try fitting it in all into this hour. Um, Zarrar... Uh, is will not I don't know if he'll be here I I personally hope he makes a little bit of a because I know most people call him the pod father and he's very well liked um, on the wrap up so hopefully he can make it in at uh, one point or another um, Van Hoot starts it off with a bang already says Sahal have you already packed Boucher's bags we're gonna get into that in a second um, and you know I've been doing this intro for about two three minutes now and Oren still refuses to show his face so uh, now I'm gonna officially call him out. So, Oren, please stop scratching your Achilles. And, um, oh, he's eating. Oh, okay. He's trying, oh, he's trying to, he's to get eating. his food in. He's, he's trying, trying to get his macros down in. I apologize. Down I hate to be <laughs> unprofessional, but I've had a long no, week. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Do your thing. Um, we're going to go in a roundtable for most of the questions, obviously. Um, that's going to be the format we go in. Um, and we're going to start it off with something that's probably on most Raptors fans' minds, which is... What state of mind will Masai Ujiri, the front office, and the Toronto Raptors organization be in as they approach this trade deadline? Will they be buyers? Will they be sellers? Or will they stay put? I am going to start off the roundtable with this guy. Sorry, no one's there. That guy right over there, Aiden Moss. Aiden,
3: what do you think? Buyers, sellers, or are they staying put where they are? I think... I think everybody's gonna probably answer the same and it'll just be varied on how big of a buy it's gonna be. But I'm I'm buyer um, and and I'm keeper too. I'm I'm thinking like hold on to Boucher, let's fill the edges, let's like fill create a bench and let's make a run. And I think like a lot of this is contextual. Like with Messiah, obviously he's always gonna try and leverage the best out of a situation. But if you look at the Eastern Conference right now, Brooklyn Nets are are in trouble. Milwaukee hasn't really shown anything. We know we can beat Miami. Chicago's in trouble with injuries. Like there is there is a small percentage but it's a significant percentage where the Raptors are in the Eastern Conference finals. I like I know that's crazy. I know it's crazy. I'm just saying that it's plausible, okay? In the realm of possibility, it's a little bit lower. It's in the plausibility range. And therefore, I think we should go for it. I don't want to sell our future, but I think I want to make a, a pretty significant push into the postseason.
2: That's fair. Kyle, what do you think? Buyer-sellers or status quo? Uh,
4: I'm on board. I'm on board buying 100%. Uh, like Aiden mentioned, Brooklyn Nets have lost six straight Uh There's the the heat of lost three straight, although I guess two of those losses are from the Raptors. So maybe I don't know if that's more or less encouraging. But in general, the East is wide open. The Raptors are two games back of the sixth spot, which is like the spot that avoids the play in altogether. That's the like, you know, the golden standard for Eastern playoffs. It's exactly what they want. I think that that would have been if you would have told me preseason, the Raptors would finish you know in competition for that sixth spot I would have taken it in a heartbeat and so I'm not sure about this Eastern Conference Finals talk I mean I guess you get into the playoffs and you figure it out you'll see how they're playing then but I'm I I'm on board plausible. for a move that doesn't mortgage the future.
2: Okay that's fair so so let me okay let's expand on that a little bit because um, I think a lot of people have grown attached to attaching first round picks to mock trades that they have the Raptors in. Are you not including any first-round picks really no matter what? Or would it have to take, you know, an incredible role player or even a possible, I don't know, starter to come in for you to attach a first-round pick or multiple first-round picks?
4: I'm not I'm not attached emotionally mm-hmm. to any of the first-round picks in the next couple of years. I'm fine. You can okay. ship those out. My concern is when you're, you know, trading years and years of picks and swaps and stuff mm-hmm. – uh, this team is in a position where they have their star in Scotty, and you want to be able to, if necessary, blow up the team, go on a little mini tank and retool around Scotty in four or five years when Scotty's on a second tra- contract, something of that nature. And it would be pretty foolish to, to uh, trade years and years of picks and completely destroy that possibility just so the Raptors can make uh, marginal improvements on a team that, I'm going to be honest, to me isn't a contender. But let's, Oren, what do you think? Contender?
1: I've heard. I'm hearing. I'm hearing that we're going all the way. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, wow! This year, here here comes Mr. Optimism. Okay, hear that from me?
2: Yeah, a lot of people.
1: (laughs) A lot of people are saying that, dude. A lot of people are speaking. No, um, I think you're both right. Um, yeah, you don't want to mortgage the whole future for sure. I, I kind of always been of the mindset that okay, trading one pick in this draft is acceptable especially because it's not considered a deep draft and there isn't a realistic path of the Raptors tanking their way to the bottom of the standings at this point but anything beyond that I need like a star coming back if I'm trading multiple picks because you can't trade two picks in a row so it would have to be 2022 and then 2024 and it's like is 2024 with global warming is are we going to be here is the NBA going to be here? Is Adam Silver oh, yeah, yeah. going to be the This the got president really dark it? really fast. The point yeah. is, yeah, I think you're both right. <laughs> like, we're all on board for the Raptors to be aggressive and buy and at the same time not leverage their future. But, like, maybe we should get a little more into for the people that don't agree with us, like, why should they be buyers? Like, why you guys like i'm sure all of us were of the same position heading into the season where it's like we didn't see them as buyers we saw them as sellers and we saw them as more of a rebuilding team so what changed for you guys like so how you can start what what changed for you where now you're in a position where it's like i would attach a pick and try to go for it this year we mentioned that the east is more open but is there anything that the raptors have done
2: yeah i mean the recent winning especially, I want to say particularly two wins versus the Miami heat have probably switched over my mindset more than anything. I mean, I always approached, I want to say even when the season started, I thought the Raptors should, um, you know, approach the trade deadline as buyers. If, um, one of their bench guys don't really work out. And to be quite honest, I don't know if any of them have consistently worked out for the Raptors. Um, Chris Boucher started off the year really bad and he's been really good this last month or so. So, um, and then Utah's been in and out of the rotation, um, and then the rest of the guys really have followed suit. They've been in and out of the rotation as well. Champagne wasn't playing at all when the season began, and now he's um, in the rotation. But with that being said, would you be shocked if Champagne just didn't play three games in a row? You wouldn't, um, and that's kind of what's plagued the Raptors: inconsistency um, from the end part of the rotation. I think to be to be quite honest, the, I I have I'm with you guys in the sense that. The Raptors have to be buyers, but I don't want them to make a trade deadline, a hasty trade deadline move, which is not like the Raptors. That's unlike what Masai Ujiri does during the trade deadline or really even during the offseason. I just I'm very afraid that we're going to take a swing at a rotation player that's either not going to fit or we're going to give away Chris Boucher, who honestly has been really good. This last month, month and a half for us, um, and overall, we're going to see you know the team's output in in whatever in whatever category decrease or just overall performance. I'm just scared that this trade deadline um, will be a negative, and that's the main thing that I'm kind of worried about. I don't, um, I know most people approach uh, this trade deadline as Raptors fans, and they go, well, you know, we have Masai Ujiri, so everything's going to be okay no matter what we do, and of course, I have that thought as well, but um, I'm just I'm a pessimist right now, and I'm very scared of what what a surprise um, what is to come. Yeah, because yeah, I gotta to be honest, it's I gotta you know color. equal out the I gotta equal out the optimism that you got. Like Orange hey. probably thinks the Raptors are
1: winning the championship. Let me be really optimistic, it, then. because yeah. th- this is actually why I asked the question. Is like you hit on it. It's like the depth is so bad that there's it's a awful. realistic chance that you get a couple bench players in here, or you move a guy to the bench who's starting. And all of a sudden, this is, like, a very legitimate uh, team. Okay, I didn't expect the top five to be this good. That's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah, and and my mind is blown. Like, it's not just that they're better than I thought they would be. It's that they're, like, significantly better. And we've kind of had, like, this progression to getting to this point. So it hasn't been, like, a shock because it's taken 45 games or whatever. But, like okay, the season started off and Scotty all of a sudden is like a scorer. None of us expected that. And then he's been getting better at defense. Fred Van Vliet and and Pascal are both all-star caliber players. I don't know Mm -hmm. if anyone expected Fred to be, I think only optimistic people were like, Siakam's going to get back there. OG is kind of... OG but that's a very helpful and reliable player and then Trent is the n- new story of a of a fifth guy who is just like vaulted himself into like a really really helpful player that this team desperately needs so to me it's like those five guys being as good as they are I look around the east and I'm like who else has a starting five that's like better than that you know it's yeah. not a lot in mean, teams not that i'm saying they're a contender right now but it's just like you have to supplement them with some talent to give them a fair chance because no one expected them to be this good they overperformed yeah. expectations how do you reward guys who overperform
2: yeah the, the raptors are a bottom 3 if not you know they possess the worst team the worst bench in the league if you give that team this this starting five and even a league average bench you're talking about a team that is well into the thick of the playoff race. Like, we're not talking play-in, eighth seed, seventh seed. We're talking, like, right up there, third, fourth, possibly even second seed. Um, and that's with a league average bench. And I truly believe that because I think, like you said, the Raptors five, you You're. it's very difficult to look around the league and say, um, you know, I definitely take that five over the Raptors five. Um, you could probably only do that with – maybe three to five teams, if that. Um, and even the third, fourth, and fifth team would probably still be an argument. Like, I don't want to think of it on the spot, but possibly you take the Suns, you take the Warriors, you uh, fully healthy, I mean, you take the Nets. Um, I don't know if I take the Bulls, man. I genuinely would take the Raptors 5 over the Bulls 5. Um, the same thing uh, goes with the Bucks. I think. It's tough. Like, when you get to the Bucks in the heat, it gets super tough. But um, that just goes to show, if you were to really judge a team by its five best players, the Raptors are right up there with the rest of the league. Um, The question is, how many guys do you target? Do you try and target two guys that you can immediately add into this rotation? Um, And the question that I've been thinking of mostly, guys, that I don't really know that we've we've talked about a lot, is do these end-of-rotation guys for the Raptors really have value? Does a Malachi Flynn really have value um, around the league? He hasn't really played all that much this year. Does a Utah Watanabe really have value across the league? I mean, it's easy for us to say, you know, you just throw them in a trade with a first-round pick and you get back this player. Or you throw them in a trade and you get back a second-round pick. Um, but I don't know if if other executives are really valuing these guys um, like Raptors fans are. Um, Kyle, what do you think about the, the value at the end of the rotation for the
4: Raptors? Do you think they can kind of... Whisk something up down there? I I think that the end of the current rotation, no. But there is that guy, that Slovenian man, hanging out in Miami, yeah. who oh. has some value, and I think it's time to get into that. So um I've got some ideas for a Drogic trade. Hold up, I'm hold up. Through. Sorry, before yeah, I, um, I don't. We are getting way
1: too. We can't go to, of... to specific trades just okay. yet. Oh, I wanted
2: to get into the Drogic Drag- trade. No. We're not doing it, that part yet. It, well, I'll oh, say
4: okay. I'll say in general. The end of bench, no. But I'm a hundred percent on board with uh, moving any of them if you can. I just think the only person with any sort of value is Goran Dragic. Maybe Chris Boucher, but he's not necessarily the end of the bench. He's like the mm, he's back, right there at the top the, top of the, the only person man. on the bench. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. at the the front of the front of the bench. So yeah. I can see maybe some team being interested in Flynn. Maybe some team being interested in, in Dragic, but otherwise not
3: yeah I want to comment but like, I think Oren is kind of like hit where I'm at too, which is that like Freddie and Pascal are at or near their peak. Gary's like skyrocketed Scotty's way 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 past where we thought he would be OG etc. and I just think you know we have you have to be careful of like you know this like forecasting fallacy that like this window is going to continue to be open. you never really know, and you kind of have to act on the present, and I understand that Masai is not hasty in his decision making, he's going to bide his time to find the right piece, and, and that might not be this deadline. But I also think that there, but he, he, I think he'll realize that with the six guys he has, Boucher is also probably playing his career best right now, I would say, in a more sustainable way. Um, that he's going to seize on this opportunity. And I, I think part of that reason is because the way in which Toronto's winning is different than how it's won in the past. Like we're closing out games. We're doing it in a grinding kind of fashion, albeit sometimes it's just Gary going on a heater, but we're, and I, I just wrote a piece today about like our post presence with our forwards. It's like the kind of style that we um our winning games is more conducive to the playoffs. And so I think if we can build out a team that's a little bit um, more versatile and better prepared for a Joel Embiid or a Giannis Antetokounmpo, that like it's it it's a worthwhile venture rather than just sitting and just letting these six guys burn out. And I also think that there is – there's a middle ground where you can buy for now and buy for the future. The way the Norm Powell and Gary Trent Jr. trade went down is that like that was like a one for one. And it bought us time into the future without foregoing the present. So I I believe in Messiah that he can kind of strike that balance.
2: Yeah. Two weeks ago, guys, uh, Sports Illustrated posted a report that the Raptors um, intended to operate as buyers at the trade deadline. Um, and a couple of really, you know, intriguing quotes were in this article. Um, and the first one is from Nick Nurse, and he says, you know, quote, "We're trying to evaluate who exactly we are, and if you're, and if you're going to try to add a piece or two, which you're always trying to do, what does this team need? We've got some guys that we really believe in that we're growing, going with for the future, like a really good group of core guys. Those I would say six for sure or seven maybe." would be guys we want to focus on. You don't want to do anything to disrupt that group in a huge way. So this leads us into our next question or our next topic, which is what do you guys believe is the biggest hole to fill for the Raptors? I'll start with Oren um, because there's been some debate on this. Is it a big? Is it a guard? Maybe you just supplement. You get another wing um, because you already have these point forwards everywhere for the Raptors. What is the biggest hole? Um, that you would fill on
1: yeah I think the fan base is pretty split on this one like from from what I've talked about a lot of people say guard who can come off the bench who can give Fred some rest because he's been playing such heavy minutes and to ask him to do that in the playoffs like into the playoffs and then to continue in the playoffs is kind of a ridiculous ask if you don't get him some help and then also like some shooting off the bench and just some creation would be nice but then there's also the argument for a center and just someone who maybe you can plug into the starting lineup maybe not maybe they just come off the bench but they're more um, traditional than precious and that you don't need to double team the post they have better hands and that they can put some pressure on the rim and open things up for you on offense before I say my answer I want to like go back to what Aiden was saying about Mm -hmm. the Raptors in the playoffs I'm with him I think a lot of what they do is way better like ready for the playoffs than previous iterations of the Raptors and I think one thing no one's talked about is like the defense of like the playoff whistle I think will really help them like I'm not like disillusioned to think they're gonna win the championship but I'm just saying like I think the physicality that this team plays with and how often they get called for these touch fouls just won't happen as much in the playoffs so I think their defense will be way better and then on the same note like I'm all for getting a guy on a two-year contract at, at least because that way you get him in. If he doesn't fit, you can always flip him next year and you still have that money next year. Whereas if you don't trade Jogic, you have no salary to trade next year unless mm-hmm. it's one of the core five. So I think those are a couple things to keep in mind. But okay, my answer would be a center. Uh, I've changed from the beginning of the year. I was a guard guy and it's just become a center and the reason is like precious is still really raw as much as I like him I don't really trust him in the playoffs to play big minutes yet uh and Kem is largely theoretical like Kem Birch has barely played this season and even when he has he's never been close to his best self like last season the Kem we saw last season he's never been that so anyone who thinks Kem Birch is going to come back from injury after injury after injury jump into that starting lineup and like play his best ball by the time the playoffs roll around i think that that's a huge bet so i i want a non-theoretical center on this team uh i think they would help immensely on both ends you know as a rim protector allowing the raptors to foul less and to help off the corners less which they're really really bad at both of those things and then on the other side of the ball you know put them in the pick and roll, get some pressure on the rim and then the Raptors on the other side are really bad at getting open corner threes. And maybe that would help them get some, some more corner threes and just give their perimeter guys more room to work with. And the other reason before I pass it along is that I have more faith that between Flynn, Banton, Utah, I don't trust V at all, but between those three guys, I think one of them can help you in the playoffs uh, by mm-hmm. the time that comes And so I guess I have more faith in that happening than Precious happening.
2: Aiden, uh, where are you with this? uh, the holes to fill for the Raptors? Where do you stand? Are you with Oren in terms of a big, or where are you headed?
3: In technicality, I disagree with Oren, because I I think acquiring a combo guard is the most important trade acquisition we can do. And I think... I personally want like a garbage third string big man to fill out the ranks. Um, and I think we could do that in the bio market. Not that, it, not that, you know, bio guys want to come to Toronto. I know that that might be like a challenge, but um, you know, someone, uh, Chris, our great producer, Chris mentioned like how the heat have dead men. And that's kind of how I envision us having a big, which is that like, he can come and fill those backup minutes in certain situations where we're we're facing a team that has a big but it doesn't kind of fuck with our like seven man rotation that like we have a yeah. bunch of like springy runny guys so i don't want to trade unless we can throw a big into a larger trade i'm more interested in trading for a valuable younger guard if we can do it that's going to help us now and then afterwards figure out the margins with finding a big body and i have a couple ideas with that that i'll share later Oh, uh, where do you stand?
4: Yeah, I'm kind of halfway in between. My my thing is that the player that'll improve this team the absolute most is a big that can protect the rim and stretch the floor. But again, that's every team in the NBA. So, and there are only so many guys who can do that. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm not I don't think the number one priority is like a big who's good at rebounding and a rotation big because Ken Birch is back and will probably be on fewer minutes. Chris Boucher and Siakam is a frontcourt tandem is like working well enough and she is sort of mixed in. So that I think probably center, but there's still an issue with like, I don't need another center who can't shoot. I would almost prefer them. Like a, you said, Aiden, pursue a guy on the buyout market. who could, Like there are guys that you can pull from the G League, that are just really good rebounders. for Reggie
1: death. Perry, shout out to exactly. the 905's Reggie get, Perry, get
4: DJ Wilson back on the team. He was great for like ten days. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally. So maybe that. Maybe I'm leaning towards guard, but the issue is uh, there are already so many mouths to feed in this offense. So like, are, is there a guard that they can target? Like people are mentioning Karis Levert. Where is he going to be on the shot? Like yeah. uh, in terms of hierarchy, seventh. Yeah, exactly. So it's like going to give up <laughs> and that's not how that's he's not how seventh, rolls, man. The seventh in touches and is going to be moving, expecting to be like first or second in touches. Like I, I don't know, that's not for me.
2: Yeah, I'm mostly with Kyle. I think if you're going to go for a big, um, it'd be nice to get a stretch big. Obviously, we're going to get into more detail of who are some of guys, some of the guys we like um, that have been rumored to Toronto. Some that even haven't been rumored to Toronto. Um, a combo guard, obviously, like you guys mentioned, would be nice as well. Uh, I really want to say a name right now. And he is, no you know, from this country. But uh, I'm not going to go into detail more than that. Um, but, yeah, I guess those are the two things I want the most. Um, the only question is, guys, you know, you get another big in there, whether it's a stretch big or a rebounding big, um, like, a, like a very particular Boston Celtics big that was rumored to us this week. Yeah. Um, oh. What, what, <laughs> would that phase um, Precious Achua out of, this, out of this rotation completely? And that's a real question that um, Masai Ujiri and the front office has to answer. Do you want to acquire a guy that, oh, th- thanks for doing that, Don, agrees with everyone? <coughs> um, well, that's the, that's the pitfall of, of going last. But, um, yeah, I, I just, what was I saying? I think um, Precious. Precious Achua, does he get phased out? Do the Raptors want to do that? Does Nick Nurse want to do that? I think as much as as much flack as Nick Nurse gives Precious Achua, I think what was it, four or five games ago, Precious got subbed out of the game, and Nick Nurse had some words for him as he was heading to the bench. Um, I don't know, guys, if if the long term goal for Toronto is just to phase out Precious for this year. And I honestly think if the guys stay healthy, that's probably what's gonna happen. Because if Ken Birch comes back. You got Kem Birch and Precious, you're probably going to go Kem Birch. Um, and then if you bring in another big, whoever that may be, um, that means Precious is probably going to be on the bench um, a lot more than usual. And I guess some fans are okay with that, but other fans are like, you know what, this guy's young. Um, he has struggled a bit this year, but he has shown flashes here and there. Do we want to phase this
1: guy out for the rest of the year? Or and is that going to affect um, their long term plan for precious, Chua. so I think the re- rebuttal to this would be the same rebuttal to like Banton getting less minutes if you bring a guard mm-hmm. in, and that's that you're getting playoff experience and you're getting these guys to see, like, even if they're not playing big minutes, which I'll get back to that, even if they're not, they're still part of these film sessions breaking down how are we adjusting to these opponents on a game to game, they're playing the opponents and practices, I think playoff reps are a really underrated part of a young person's development like I don't think precious getting five fewer minutes a game uh is is necessarily gonna hurt his development if he's getting those playoff reps and the other thing is like it's to me it's okay if if precious gets pushed out of this rotation a little bit this year because like next season is a new season and 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 all that and also like I don't really think that Kem would be ahead of Precious. Like this season, there's been nothing to prove to me that Kem has been a better center on the whole. Yeah, I mean, he needs Precious. to get, he needs
2: to get back first. Like we, right. we haven't seen him all year,
1: but okay. I want to kind of go back to like a fundamental disagreement that maybe we're having, because like, it sounds like you guys are all in, in the like realm of keep the long, long six, nine guys who can run and kind of amalgamate a center lineup that's our best bet like do you guys not feel like this team still needs a traditional like starting caliber center to like do anything in the playoffs do you think that 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 the the style they're currently playing like is is good enough or because i i think they need more looks to me they have one look right now and it's good and it's getting better each and every game but it's still one look and it only works against some teams So that's kind of why I'm on the center side too. I think they need another fundamentally different look. My issue
4: with the, that is like, I don't value whatever the traditional big, the alternative look that you're saying. I don't value that more than I value maintaining the spacing on offense. The spacing is already really ugly. I'm I'm like waiting. I've been waiting for like the perfect screenshot to post on Twitter with like five (laughs) raptors in the paint. Like it it happens at least once or twice a game where there's like five raptors clogging the paint, and that's only getting worse with the traditional big. I know it's a different look, but I I can't afford, like I don't think they can afford another non-shooter in the rotation
2: yeah this was a a good question here from Tom and he says do we want to phase him being precious to Chua out my question is do we want to win and I think that that's a really good question because would you sacrifice some wins would you sacrifice um, some wins potentially in the playoffs for taking a guy that the Raptors truly believe in and trying to develop him this is uh, the question that most teams in this Purgatory range of the NBA. You know, that's I call this the Orlando Magic range of like the seventh to tenth seed, where you're just. I don't think the Raptors are stuck there, but this is the range that they're in right now. And it's a very good question. Do you do you want to develop your guys? Is it mutually exclusive? Can you develop your guys while doing that? Orin, um, I don't know. See, you said Precious is going to get you know five, six, seven less minutes, but he's still going to be part. I'm assuming you said he's still going to be part of that rotation. I don't know because, and I'm going to bring up a name here and we're not going to expand on it, I promise. But if you bring up a hypothetical Jakob Pertl into this into this team, obviously that means each big goes down in the pecking order because Jakob becomes the immediate starter. Now, when Kem Birch gets healthy, and to be quite honest, when Kem Birch is fully healthy, um, I would rather have him playing than Precious Achua. I think that's a very easy uh, you know, answer for me. But... Does Precious still get minutes in the rotation with those two healthy? And I think by the end of the year, my assumption is that Ken Birch is going to be healthy. My assumption is that Ken Birch is going to get um, back to that playing performance that we're used to from last season, if not very close. Um, I guess if he doesn't get there, then it's very easy. You just kind of split him and Precious's minutes and they're both end-of-the-rotation guys, but... um, it's, it's difficult. It's a really difficult question. It I know is. it's very easy for people to just go, you know what? Bench Precious. I don't really care. Um, we're trying to go for wins. It is what it is. Like, um, I don't think it's that simple, honestly. And I don't think that's the, how the Raptors are, are viewing the entire situation. Um, You're
1: right. That's why this is such a hard call because Masai made it very clear that this is a young team, that there's going to be growing pains, that they want to build up the youth. And so now to be buyers... Like we're hitting on the exact problem is that you're you're like inherently going to have less guys developing with less minutes on the floor. But to me, like, well, we're kind of talking around things because we don't actually know which package we're talking about, so it's really hard to explain. But to me, in general, I'm okay benching a guy like Precious or a guy like Banton the rest of the season. Because I feel like, like I said, the top five has been so good that I think Mm -hmm. you give them a chance to win. And in the offseason, you solve the jumble of centers you now have. Like, say there was Pirtle. That's too many good centers. Mm -hmm. Then in the offseason, I would say, okay, you trade a guy like uh, Kem for a non-center and you get a third center who's not making seven million dollars, and Precious mm-hmm. becomes your backup center next season because Precious, Banton, Flynn, these guys, and I like them, but they've never done anything in the league to deserve playoff reps. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have as, to as, yeah as much as, as I love in this league. As much as I'd love
2: to be like, you know what, let's give Banton some playoff reps, it's going to be like, it's very easy for us to say that. But at the end of the day, if Nick Nurse and these Raptors get to the playoffs, they're trying to win a series. And 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 all
1: those guys I just mentioned are, by the way, very easy to scheme out offensively. Like a defense can take away what they do very easily.
4: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think. It's worth – like, or what you said was I thought was so salient, which is like it's not NBA 2K. It's not like you get 60 minutes a game and it's plus two development over a season. It's like they're still in the room watching film. They're still hanging out with NBA vets on the plane, in the locker room. Like all that kind of stuff is development. It doesn't – not just like you have to play X minutes a game. I know game reps reps are important, but like – The other part
3: about like – and Tom here puts it well is that like – the what 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 Masai is doing with like the youth movement is the same thing, I think what he's doing with like player personnel strategy, which is that like they purposely didn't go after a big center. They could have signed Rashawn Holmes if they wanted to, right? Like mm-hmm. they probably could have traded for Turner last year because he was like like Indiana was trying to get rid of him. Like I think there has been opportunity to do this in the past, and Toronto's chosen to go a different direction. Part of that is because they want to just build on their youth. And part of that, I think, is because um, they think this is a legit philosophical approach, which is that, like, we don't want a traditional center. And the traditional centers that we could acquire want to have the ball in the post, and we don't want a big guy in the post, you know, offensively, because we want to use Scotty or Pascal or OG in the post. And so, like, I think... I, I don't know what Messiah is assi- what thinking, but like based on what the, their transactional history, I don't mm-hmm. think that they want to acquire a, a volume minutes traditional big. I disagree. Yeah.
2: I, I it brings me back again to that sports illustrated quote, who is that sixth and seventh core guy that Nick nurse is talking about? We know the starting five when fully healthy, you know who it is. You know, it's Fred, it's Gary, it's Pascal, it's OG. Um, and, um, who am I forgetting? Fred, Gary, Pascal, Scotty. OG, Scotty. Wow. People are gonna hate me for that. Wow. Um, this guy hates that's Scotty, crazy. Everyone. Wow. No, don't do, or, don't, Wait, or, don't do that, Don't don't do that. Don't don't start with me, man. Um, so you have those five core guys who are number six and number seven. Because this is a really this is why I said this quote is super intriguing. Because Nickner said this two weeks ago. Um, and again, this is from Sports Illustrated's Aaron Rose. And who are those six and seven core guys that that Nick Nurse talked about? If it's Precious, which it very well could be, because Precious has um, been up there in minutes this season, then maybe the Raptors just try and get that guard. And maybe they feel like risking Precious's minutes isn't a thing that the Raptors should do. So let's close it off on there. Um, Can I
1: just say on that point about, you know, like, I think me and Samson talked about this when he was on the show. Like, I... I'm not sure I believe the idea that Masai doesn't want a traditional big like people. Yes, he passed on Rashawn Holmes, but maybe he really likes Precious Achua. You know, it's not necessarily mutually not traditional exclusive. big. Precious? Yeah, I know. But I'm saying maybe these things aren't mutually exclusive. Maybe he would have liked to get Rashawn in, but he couldn't do both. It was either cap space or the sign and trade I route. See. And also like Evan Mobley was heavily rumored to go to Toronto. They were very, they were trying to trade up for him. He's a seven foot center rim protector. Not a traditional
4: center. I No, I no. There.
1: And yeah, I mean, we got to talk about what type of centers we want because there is a difference, I guess, in certain ways, but like, just because you say traditional, Jakob Purdle, Rashawn Holmes, these guys still space the floor for you in a different way. The Precious isn't really doing right now because he's not putting enough pressure on the rim. And I think like, you know, uh, Rashawn has his push shot so he can kind of pick and pop out to, to the elbow areas. And then Purdle is just a really good rolling big who creates a lot of separation on screens and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I am not convinced that they're all in on this idea of small ball but i think it's definitely something they're trying to like have in their back pocket and and they want it to be one of their things but i don't think i'm not convinced it's the only thing
2: let's get into
1: okay yeah Orin can go for hours i'm done done. it's it's such an interesting
3: like philosophical argument like and it and that's the nice thing about having a gm who's at the forefront of like like personnel management and, and a coach who likes to like experiment like that. It, that's a cool thing. So it's a good problem to have.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, let's get
2: into the segment that most people I think we're waiting for. And that is where we talk about some trade ideas and uh, some of the most rumored Raptors to move at the trade deadline. Some of the most rumored players around the league um, that have been linked to Toronto, either by the fans <laughs> themselves um, and, and, you know, in their dreams or um, by credible reporters. Um, I'm going to, you know, pass this off to Aiden really quickly because I think he has um, some really, really good trade ideas for um, specific players. And I think there's one player um, particularly that he wants to mention um, that hasn't been a Raptor, that's probably been more of a Miami Heat player than he's been a Raptor this season, um, seeing as he's, as he's not coming to Raptors games and he's going to Miami Heat games. But Aiden, what do you think about um goran dragic his situation and some possible trade ideas
1: do you want to do the explainer first to the salary no, cap or, or yeah, kyle no, i can do i'll go oh, for yeah. it Where'd you, okay, yeah, so just, just go in
4: general it. before we get into specific trades it's worth noting the raptors are currently about eighteen thousand dollars below the salary cap this this mm-hmm. is or the the tax level i should say this is blake murphy former rr currently of sportsnet there is a uh, there's a Excellent trade primer article that we'll uh, put in the chat right now. That gets way more and uh, way more in depth than we could ever do here. But in Sports general, Net's finest. The Raptors would be looking to offload a larger contract because they still have room for a players, which they'd like to sign onto their roster, expand, maybe buy out a couple of players, etc while still say, staying underneath the the uh, the tax, the luxury tax. Um, and we can talk about whether or not, like, this ownership could spend. They spent on the championship run. I'm fine if they're not willing to spend an extra millions and millions of dollars just for, like, a bench piece. But whatever. That, that's all the necessary information now. Let's get into yeah, uh, it. We start with... Let me Go just ahead, let
1: right. me just add a little bit uh to that. So so yeah, what you're saying is that they don't want they want to take back less money than they're giving out. And one of the reasons they saw they waived Sam Decker was because is the actual one million dollars, the one million dollars that they saved on Decker could equal like in Blake's estimation like 17 million dollars because that's how much tax paying teams will be giving yeah. back to non tax paying teams at the end of this season. So the Raptors are very heavily incentivized to stay under the tax. Um obviously unless they're getting like a star player back but so whenever you're you're making trades in the trade machine you have to take that into account because the Raptors are very unlikely to take back more salary than they're giving out. But at the same time, I'll say this, say you're doing a grand trade where they're taking back a little bit more salary. That's okay. Because you can then do a Boucher trade where you're exactly. giving a lot more salary. So it can yeah. work out if you do multiple trades, but yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, way, yeah. I was gonna say Just in terms of ownership tax thing. Okay. The Warriors last year spent an extra net 70 million to sign Kelly Oubre, who was a marginal piece. We don't have that type of ownership. It's okay. Not every team in the NBA has that type of ownership, but we should act like, or like Oren mentioned, like they want to dodge the tax. We can't expect them to pay a tax for this team.
2: Yeah. One last thing I will say uh, before we move on is that um, this is something that Raptors fans look forward to a lot. It's Blake Murphy's Sportsnet trade primer. Um, he obviously was formerly with Raptors Republic, so he has a lot of support within the wrap up family. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys already know who Blake Murphy is. Um, this is something that he worked very, 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 very hard on. You will see that once you open the trade primer. So please, we want to direct as many people as possible, um, to our friend, Blake Murphy's, uh, trade deadline primer.
4: You know, uh, a dude was in his bag now. on XL when he's like highlighting specific colors and stuff. I got to give <laughs> yeah. him credit for the like, gave us a colors. Whole, colors. gave us
2: a whole legend, Kyle. He just, he <laughs> did it all for us. Um, now that we've given you guys the entire preface of all the money and all the boring stuff, i um, sorry not to call Blake stuff boring, but um, we're <laughs> we're going to <laughs> we're going to quickly get into some trade ideas. And I know um, I was going to forward this off to Aiden until Kyle took all of his spotlight, but Aiden, now you have the spotlight. <laughs> Who do you think um, the Raptors would move? Give us all of your ideas.
3: Um, when it comes to Goran Dragic. Oh, we got a trade. All right, numero nice. uno. So I, I'll i say, like, I'll preface my ideas with, A, I tried to stay under the tax because how can you turn down $18 million? Like, that's pretty juicy. And I'm assuming I'm assuming we're not uh, shipping Boucher when I'm doing these trades. So, like, I'm adding to the core. So my first one is the Clippers are in deconstruction mode. Marcus Morris Sr. is a goddamn bucket. You can throw him out there with any lineup, and he's going to score for you in a mm-hmm. number of ways. He can play defense when he sets his mind to it. Like he's one of those burly, low center of gravity forwards. Throw in Hartenstein as a backup center. He's actually played. I like four. him a lot. I like he's him a lot. Wall for the Clippers. That's the traditional yep. center you everybody's clamoring for. You stay under the, the the tax bracket. You have Morris for a couple more years. I still think he's tradable if we want to turn him. I know like he's a very controversial guy um, but <laughs> that puts it so lightly Aiden cuz I was going to say the entire Raptors fan base hates the Morris brothers. Um, yeah, well, but, G-Man's yeah. immediately on top of it. So um, oh, nice. that's that's one and I and but there but there are a myriad of Clipper players that you could kind of poach like I don't know, Kennard if you want like that scoring guard off the bench. Um, and he also has a lot of playoff experiences. Something to be said, like he willed the Clippers to that Utah, like series in that Utah series last year with Paul George. So, um, that's numero uno. Um, next we got, uh, another team that's kind of probably going to be sell- selling Derek White's got, I think four years, which is quite a lot. It's probably beyond our window but he gives you, uh, he's a backup playmaking combo guard. He, he's a great defender. Um, You know, Popovich swears by him. Um, And so I think like he kind of, he takes, or he allows you to take the pressure off Freddie and Gary at times, and he can pair with either of those guys. Like he plays alongside DeJounte Murray, who isn't a shooter. So I think that that pairing can work well. Kate's, Kate's uh or kate bates diop is like quintessential Maasai guy like swiss army knife six eight dude so like why not Mm -hmm. let's just throw him in um and again this is like we're we're selling our first round pick so i mean that's that's kind of rich but you kind of got if you want to make a push that's kind of the trade i would i will I will quickly say my my two K NBA two K
2: twenty two my career players on the San Antonio Spurs and Derek White doesn't miss many open shots so I just want to quickly throw that in there for any of the uh, NBA two K fans out there. So I don't really watch a lot of it. I like that yeah, an analytic. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly because that's the only connection I have
3: with Derek White at all. Warren, um, you got any thoughts? Well, yeah, this is nice.
1: Yeah, Are, do we want to start on this one or the last one?
3: Would you, should do you want me to run through all three and then you can
1: choose? yeah let's do that know. let's do that okay what do you want to do a third one go one at a time i think we should go one at a time and whoever okay. has strong feelings talk about it but we don't all need to talk about Does it anybody we have don't. marcus morris feelings
4: i don't want that I, i'm not i'm okay. not interested in okay
1: same the money is a lot and he's just not the exact player that i really want coming off the bench right now okay no problem yeah uh i like this one you- more I'll, okay. I'll say that. I would definitely do this as a rapper. I would do
4: this in a heartbeat. I don't yeah. think the Spurs are interested in this. Gudragic is an expiring piece. I get that the, the 2023 20, first is worthwhile, but Derek White is good. And yeah. I don't think they're looking to move him. They just He might be move. able to get more.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, they have a lot of guards. So I I, I could see them maybe wanting to get off this long term money and give some of their other. Josh Primo's coming up. They got to get him. Some yeah, of Alabama, like 45 guards. So um i I don't think it's like that out of the question and i think white is just nice because he 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 can shoot the three he can definitely fit into the defensive system and you know he's coming off the bench and two years from now if you want to flip two years 30 mil you could probably get some value for that you know so i like the contracts that you're getting that if you want to then flip for a pick in the future you can do that
3: yeah um this one, a
1: three-tier. Okay. This guy went. Oh in.
3: my goodness, he went this crazy. This one's a little complex. Uh, um, and I, and I, I don't think we're actually, oh yeah, I, I don't actually think we're getting anything. This is kind of like if no one wants Goran and we're just trying to get get something out of his money out of his contract, we take Joe Ingalls, who's who's done for the year, so it's just basically like the Jazz are dumping him and he expires, so whatever. And then we get a we get a couple of small bench pieces and maybe like a second or something thrown in return. Um, but the jazz the jazz losing ingles, they need a backup point guard now. Uh if anything, this helps the jazz more than it helps us. But um I yeah, I was I was trying to play around with, with that one. The I mean
1: if they're not getting back like a second round pick, they could just buy out uh Draw yeah, job. but I think
3: I think Jerome can can give you like some backup guard minutes.
1: It's kind of like a no. Know, yeah, game. but dude, like, if you're give, you're giving away one player and you're getting three back, so that means you're cutting two players on the Raptors or one, I guess, because they have fourteen men. You know yeah, what I mean? 14, Jer- you're also yeah. cutting a you're also cutting a guy. Yeah, well, doing a trade like this. Like, well, yeah, fair enough. Um, this trade, I I, I don't like this. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I'm this looking is my, at this is my players blockbuster. and it's just, Oh my God, Dwight. There's the block Dwight's getting maybe. waved right away. Dwight can't come to Toronto. I, I can't allow we, that. But I'll we take need our Eric backup Cornier. traditional
3: center. There's D12 right there for you. No, um, no, no. We get Eric Gordon, who like is the backup combo guard we need. And then the rest of the trade is just the Lakers and Rockets figuring out their thing.
1: Over under how many games before Fred VanVleet? And Dwight Howard get into an altercation. I zero point five. Like yeah, when it he mean, it's in the not through. a fit culturally. But okay, no, this is, I do like Eric Gordon.
2: I like the the the, the foundation of the trade because this is actually a trade that has been um, rumored. Uh, the only team apparently that would be interested in Russell Westbrook would hilariously be the Rockets who just recently had Russell Westbrook. And that would obviously mean John Wall would be sent to the Lakers. And more likely than not, if this trade were to happen, they would need a third team. It's just Dwight Howard in Raptors red would look so funny. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I was a huge Dwight Howard fan when he was on Orlando. um, And he does feel the need of having that traditional big. I just don't know if Dwight Howard comes to Toronto and says, I want to be on this team. I don't know, again, if his personality
1: fits. Yeah, but this is about
3: Gordon. The ramp-
1: Yeah, the Raptors, it's mainly
2: about Gordon which I'm okay with.
3: The Raptors franchise is now in the echelon in which they can take some toxic dude and <laughs> squeeze the toxicity out of them by virtue of Not their like a 33-year-old like, coolness and Maasai leadership and all that and you get the best out of Dwight Dwight Howard Ram and okay. style and and you you go to the Eastern Conference finals.
1: I think I think a better question is what are you guys willing to give up for eric gordon like would you guys give up i i would definitely do this goron and svi and and malachi that's yeah Yeah. but would you guys give more would you guys give a lottery protected pick this year for eric gordon no too old
4: too old i I also just think that i think he's still really good man yeah i think he's still really good my issue is that he's gonna go there are teams that value him more than the raptors will yeah I i
3: agree i think that's the problem yeah, And also, G-Man, Eric Gordon's a good three-point shooter
4: and can create for
3: himself. He's way better than Chris Caris levert FYI. No, he's
4: really mm-hmm. good. I, I'm a, I'm an Eric Gordon fan. My problem is yeah. that I don't think the Raptors have the assets.
3: I agree. That's why this three-way is like THT going to Houston, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me with the Goron trades. Wow. I Couple-
1: oh, no, this is the same one. Oh, I got excited. I said, "Marcus <laughs> oh, Morris, yeah." Oh, 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 we got another one. Yeah, okay, I wanted to talk about Nurkic, so I'm happy.
3: Okay, okay so nice. This is this is assuming we want to playmaking big. We get the shooting out of Macmore, but like, why are all, all these
1: three teamers? I feel like these could be pretty simple two teamers.
3: I find like, the I... contract the contracts are difficult because Goron's 19, so it's like, um. Right. Oh, and, it, then, it and I'm also trying. To, it could I'm trying to today. stay
1: under the tax as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's part of it. I'm just going to anyway. take the Raptors' perspective into it. You know, and
3: Minnesota needs a play, like a backup playing guard. So there goes Normie. And I think it's like a pretty balanced trade. So this there.
1: one, I'm I'm all the way out on. I've heard a lot of Nurkic talk recently, and I do not like Nurkic as a Raptor. I would yeah. not give up a pick for Nurkic. You gonna, Are you going to explain or... I don't think he's a good... Okay, like, for all the talk about traditional center versus not traditional center, I still think you want, in the Raptors system, you want your center to be able to do some things beside play drop coverage, I guess. And that's why I like guys like Pirtle and Rashawn who can fluctuate between a switch and a drop and a hedge. Like, Nurkic he's I mean he's just not the type of player i I like for the Raptors, and I think a first round pick is too much to give up for him you know you can and then you're gonna just have to pay him again this summer uh I don't see him being the long term fix at center and if you're paying a first round pick for him, that means you're paying him that means you see him as a long term fix at center
3: I agree, and maybe there's ways to like limit that that um that vulnerability but i do think that nurkic playing 20 minutes off the bench is like a way to like c- compensate for this like nobody we have nowhere to go to at in the bench you know like you can run an offense through him as like your center uh like as your centerpiece um
1: i don't i see like, what I mean, I saying I though like, earlier, i didn't want yeah. a center
3: but i'm just throwing this out there as because i've been hearing nurkic's name a lot
1: yeah same
3: I like Nurkic in the sense
2: that, obviously, if you run into the hypothetical Joel Embiid into the playoffs, you'd run into that classic, you know, big who can really change a game. Nurkic is probably a guy that you want. It's just, I'm I'm a little bit with Oren when Nurkic just kind of pigeonholes you into playing a certain yeah. style of defense. And I just don't, I'm, obviously we're looking at this from the Raptors' perspective, so I'm not going to comment on who the, the Timberwolves or, or the Blazers are getting. Although I will say, uh, Norman Powell on the Timberwolves would be, you know, very strange. Just because I do, I wouldn't be shocked if Norman Powell does get traded. But you know, him on the Timberwolves with Anthony Edwards and and all that would be kind of weird. But um, from this perspective, okay, Ben McLemore, you're getting a guy, obviously that's, um, you know, a three point shooter. I would say I don't know what he's been shooting recently. in, in, in recent years, I know he was on the Lakers recently. Um, but the core of this trade would be Yusuf Nurkic and what he does to your defense after playing a very particular style um, all season long. I don't know if the Raptors want to do that yeah. um, because the, the the question is, you know, you're bringing in use of Nurkic. Will you start him? And the obvious answer is yes. And um, if you do start him, obviously you have to tailor your defense to his strengths and, and his weaknesses and Nurkic cannot do a Purdle and a guy like Rashawn Holmes, um, and a guy like Precious Achua can do, and Cam Birch as well. He just he can't physically. So
1: Even offensively, you have to play him into the post. Like, he's a post-up big. But, but he does anyway. yeah. a lot of high post-action stuff. Yeah.
4: Yeah, he worked offensively in Portland. I, I just don't think that – I also – whatever. I don't want to be that guy, but, like, Portland's giving up, like – five of their seven most valuable assets and getting like the ground hall of Drogic. No, they got two first rounders and a a first rounders in the twenties. The other
3: thing I want to say is like in our trade primer article, I did a lot more conservative trades. I was just looking for like, you know, more like thought provoking trades that can at least create Mm -hmm. conversation.
4: No, I'm, I don't think.
3: good. I feel sure the Laker Cast creating
4: like Westbrook for Van Vliet and Siakam package together. Like we're not we're doing fine over here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got a couple here, Don, if you want to bring up the first one. It's a sort of a variation on what you were talking about earlier, Orin. Um by the way,
2: before you start, Kyle, I will say we've been live for almost an hour. And uh, I don't know how we have 200 plus people here on a Thursday afternoon. We really appreciate the support. This is this is insane. If you're from Ontario and you're Ontario when you're watching this, there's probably a lot of snow outside your house. So I understand why you want to be inside or if you're at work and you're kind of sneaking the stream in. We appreciate that. Just don't get fired for for a wrap up because, yeah, we just we don't want any of that happening. Thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate it. Like if you haven't already. Um, subscribe uh, you know, have- to the channel. Yeah, we have someone in the background. I'm not going to tell you guys who it is. You could probably take a guess. If you're a wrap-up um, <laughs> part of our family, you probably know who it is. But he's telling us that the likes aren't really there for the amount of viewers. So um, if you can, like, and Kyle, the floor is yours. Go right ahead.
4: This is, uh, this, is a first, this is sort of a variation on uh, the trade that was proposed in the Sportsman article. Gary Harris for Goran Dragic. Lottery protected first next year. That would convert. I uh, you you can't get that in depth. It would convert to a second the following year if it was a lottery pick. Um, essentially, the Raptors get that guard we were talking about. Decent shooter, athletic. Uh, actually, has played like significant playoff minutes in Denver. Not mm-hmm. we're not talking NBA Finals minutes, but like significant mm-hmm. playoff minutes. They move on from Dragic. It really is. Just Orlando being paid that lottery pick because I assume they'll buy O'Dragic.
2: Yeah, what well, one thing I will say quickly about Gary Harris is, damn, did he take that money and run? Because <laughs> De- Denver paid that guy. I forgot what the original contract was, but he does obviously. You can see has a year left with about twenty million dollars on his contract. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, it's it's really tough for me to give up next year's first round pick. Um, for a guy like Gary Harris, but to be quite honest, Kyle is probably right. When if you attach a first-round pick to Goran Dragic, which is probably something that you're going to have to do, this, these are the type of guys you're looking at. You're not looking at like instant starters walking into your rotation. Deal. You're looking at you're not looking at
4: heel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're not looking at that. So Dragic hasn't played all year, and and the only times we've seen him are, are courtside at Miami Heat games. So um, guys,
4: I, I just want to say this is a lottery protected first, meaning that. If the mm-hmm. pick lands in the lottery, it stays with the Raptors.
1: We're talking Raptors, about a first-round
4: yeah. pick that will be likely in the 20s. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I just don't know if I want to pay Gary Harris. Like, I am surprised looking up the, his numbers that he's shooting 38% on 4.9 by far career-high attempts this year. So he's shooting the ball really well. But nice. are you confident that he's going to keep shooting the ball that well beyond this season? Like, I don't know if I want to be the team to pay Gary Harris – the next couple seasons. Cause you're kind of locking yourselves in at that point, um, salary wise. And if he I mean, becomes a bad asset, then to, to counter
2: that, Orin, I think the quality of shots on the Toronto Raptors is going to be a lot better than he's getting That's with Orlando. Be. The looks in Orlando so is, nice. the spacing in Orlando is tragic. Like it's, it's, uh, it's not great. So, so nice. I think, so, <laughs> so I think, um, to be quite honest, he's coming off of the bench. Clearly, with this trade, um, you're playing with a guy like Fred VanVleet. You're playing with a guy like OG or Pascal or Scotty. The looks are going to get are, are going to be a lot better. So if he's shooting 38, percent I would assume that he would shoot in that range, um, anywhere from 36 to 40 percent for the rest of the year. Um,
3: the,
1: the other thing, worried yeah.
3: about the contract though is like, what's Gary's market value right now? Because we all know he's like totally mm-hmm. like a shell of himself and is kind of building his value back. So he might be the kind of guy like that. He, you know, he's like three years, 30 mil, in which case he's very like tradable if it doesn't work out.
4: Yeah. No, I don't need he, it. Uh, he's all. a
3: youth as well. He's quite young.
4: Let's get this next one uh, up here. Guys, if you want the real blockbusters, they're coming towards the end of the show. I know we have some ideas here. This is again, yes! a based on a sports net trade the differences being that prior previously the Raptors are giving up two seconds. I decided it probably makes more sense to give like that pick swap, meaning that Atlanta has the right to the option rather to swap picks with the Raptors in 2023. Um, mm-hmm. But it's basically Atlanta getting off of the, the bogey money, the Bogdanovich money um, in exchange for Goran Dragic.
1: See, I-, I would give a first round pick to Atlanta. Forget the swap. I would give, my pick me too. Here to Atlanta for 100. I think There's he's no underrated. Like in a lot of ways, I get that the money is pretty high, and maybe they want to shake stuff up and get off that money. But he's still a really good player, so I don't see why his value is that low that they're getting off money. For me, I'll mm-hmm. trade a first-round pick for Bogey. I think he'd be a perfect player off the bench. Lewis, correct
2: me if I'm wrong, or really of quick sixth before, land before of the year. before he we get started. So. Before we introduce Louis Zatzman, I want I want to say, is this the first time we've ever had five people live on, on wrap-up? I think it is.
1: It's a Raptors so is, five, you, some, We're like the you, Raptors. We have five good is, players. We come to bat every single yeah. day. Um, but keep I, keep after going. that, it's time. Just it's don't tough. turn to the seventh yeah. or eighth guy. Yeah, yeah. we don't <laughs> have it. it.
2: Um, we want to quickly welcome Louis Zatzman, who is the managing editor at Raptors Republic. He's done a lot of good work, obviously, for Raptors Republic 538. Follow Lewis Zatzman if you don't. His work is incredible. We want to welcome him to the show. Um and Lewis, really quickly give us your thoughts. I know we're throwing you right into the mix of things, but give us your thoughts. Because we're right now we're we're throwing up all the hypothetical trades. Um, do you think this is plausible,
0: both from the Raptor side, and would the Hawks even consider something like this? Yeah, uh, I mean I'm not sure if the Hawks would consider it always hard to say what other teams want like Would really you? nuanced yeah. ways also thanks for the the intro love it by the way thanks, but um i think like at the start of the year i was thinking svi and yuda if you could just combine them into my dog uh, really doesn't like this. you kid, said svi but... and he just yeah. got angry. yeah He's <laughs> <a fucking> <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> uh, uh a svi and yuda were like Obviously, competing for minutes. No, neither of them have minutes. But mm-hmm. feasibility ability to attack a rotation, Um, to—I mean, the idea was to rise up and hit a shot versus Yuta's defense and passing. If you could just combine them, they'd be in the rotation. And that's more or less what Bogdan is. Like he's not quite the defender Yuta is, but he's shooting thirty, like five and a half percent from three this year, and it's a down year for him. Like he would—he would get minutes with Toronto. He would sizably impact those bench rotation minutes so yeah i'm I'm all in on that
3: i don't i don't think atlanta is doing that and i don't think they're doing it with the team that's above them in the conference like at this moment you know like <laughs> I, just, I think you have to give them more and i don't i don't yeah, what if we trade know. fred's all-star
1: spot to oh, nice <laughs> i like
2: that, See, that yeah
1: his be... starting spot to trey <laughs> I like oh, no, Trey. Yeah, that. A right. starting spot next like, year to Trey. <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: I will say that just like right. with the Raptors' money situation, it's worth noting that they're basically copped out next year anyway. So it's like, oh, they're going to take on long-term money. Yeah. Who cares? Who are they going to sign? It doesn't make a yeah. difference. Yeah.
1: That's why I'm all in for them getting a guy on a two two-year deal, ideally, but two, three, four-year deal. If up to that, like, that's why I even like those deals more than a guy like Gary Harris, because okay, you're going to resign Gary Harris and then that becomes hard to trade and on and on. Whereas if, if I get a guy on a two year deal, he say, he doesn't fit into the system very well. Next trade deadline. You can, you now have a salary that you can flip again. So if they don't do something like that, then they basically have no salaries to trade next, next trade deadline or in the off season, because other than the big five, who we know are like big five guys,
0: is their free agency? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's why. Question be- because yeah. uh, sorry, to interrupt, Orin. But okay. the chat, the chat is hot to trot on Karis Levert, so I feel like we need to address yeah, this because it. it's <sighs> like we're having two different trade trade talks right now, and I think we need to we need to um,
1: share our our uh, expert expertise on Levert. So, what are we saying? A first round pick and salary for Levert. Yeah, like Goran. Just pretend it's on the screen.
3: Goran first and Flynn for Lavert.
4: He's probably going to get more than that, but like whatever it takes. Two first, ignoring
1: that that would never
4: happen because they'll get a bigger haul for Lavert. So let's say hypothetically.
1: No, no, two first is ridiculous. No one's going to say yes to that. Oh,
4: I thought you said Goran and a first. Yeah, I did. I did,
3: but then I'm like, well, whatever it takes to get him. I guess. I don't
4: know. It'll take more than Goron in first. I don't know. I think like he's a good player. He's a contributor. And there are teams that can offer more than the Raptors. I think that's probably why we're not touching it. It's because the price is high. Like we're, we're some cheapos here. We're talking about Bogdan (laughs) and and Gary Harris. Like it's too rich for my blood. I don't know. That's my input. Yeah. Also
0: what's Levert offering the team that's not already a skill there. Someone will have on the floor for 48 minutes.
3: I think, well, I think what the chat's saying is that he's the sixth-man spark plug that kind of leads the charge offensively. But I don't really think our team operates that way. And he's not a very efficient scorer either.
1: I you don't know, think he's, he's a always, great fit, but I think he – he does provide something that no one on the bench currently provides, which is that he's a real downhill threat. He puts a lot of pressure on the rim. He's not a great shooter, which is obviously why I I don't really want him on this team, because I think really the biggest need right now is like some shooting off that bench. And he doesn't really give you enough of that, but I do think he's a very reliable ball handler. Someone you can put the ball in his hand and say, okay, our, when our stars are resting, you can, you know, put some pressure on the rim, make simple reads to to corner shooters. And I think he can definitely help them score. And, and he's not a slouch on the defensive end. So I don't hate the idea of Karis Alert. I just think I agree that the price is probably more than I'd be willing to pay.
4: Can, can I just say, like, we ought to mention he's not just not a good shooter. He's shooting 33. He's, he's awful. From he's a bad shooter. Like, he would he fit, fit he's right in, bad in at
0: the rim he's really good at from like six feet out that short mid range. That's when like the only place he's plus plus, but that's also where Scotty and Pascal and like the Raptors have a lot of guys who are good in the short mid range. And the idea of, you know, a bench mob where you're resting four stars, that's just not how the Raptors play basketball. Like one of Pascal or Scotty or Gary or OG or Fred is going to be two of them are going to be on the floor at all times. And so is Karis going to take the ball out of their hands? Is that good for Toronto? I don't think so. Not worth a first round pick. Good.
2: I think when it when it comes down to it, you look at Karis Levert as a player. Inefficient shooter. Um, cannot, obviously, like Kyle said, shoot the three ball well. 33% for a guy that's his size that's been in the league for as long as him is not good. Like that's High really volume. like not good. High volume as well. Uh, the pros are obviously that he has the skill set to play um, one to three for a team. Um, he's a very good ball handler, which is kind of what the Raptors lack off the bench. But to be honest, Oren said, you know, the Raptors lack a downhill threat off the bench. The Raptors lack everything off the bench. So, I was going to say I'll he would fit you. right
1: in with his his inability <laughs> to shoot. They would welcome him with open arms. I mean, yeah. he's shooting he's shooting 63 percent at the rim this season. So that's a lot better than anyone coming off our bench. Um, Can we
3: trust his kidneys, though?
1: And and. Like long term, mm-hmm. I definitely want the ball in Scotty and Pascal's hands. But I've I've definitely seen games this season where Fred is the only one who can reliably bring the ball up the court. Louis, I know you've seen this too. And then they get into some trouble when defenses really put a lot of pressure in them. And so I do I do like the idea of having one more ball handler who can be relied upon in those situations. But his inability to shoot would make him kind of hard to play with those groups at the same time.
0: Just go get DJ Augustine then. Like if that's all you want, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a lot of reliable dribblers out there. Uh, mm-hmm, get, nice. go, go get Lorenzo Brown. Like that guy wasn't turning. Nice. Over. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Like, Karis LeVert, look, Karis LeVert's a really good player. Don't it's not like I'm, you know, hating on him as a guy. I just, I don't think he adds as much to the Raptors. I think everything you say is true or, you know, they have one point guard. A lot of their guys can be turned over in the backcourt if you try to make them a point guard, and that's hard. But that's not what Karis LeVert is for. Like, that is a a huge overpay if that's what you're trying to trade for.
1: That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, Can we move on to a a question I have, or does anyone have last thoughts on Karis?
2: No, you can move on because I have to go very soon, and then Lewis is going to just take over. Okay, I'm just going to
1: create a (laughs) banner. (laughs)
2: Let me just create a
1: better real quick. We
2: just need a quick drum, drum line real quick. So, okay.
1: Let's assume that the price for these three centers is relatively equal. We can say something like Goron's salary, or in the case of Pirtle, it would be like Boucher's salary, a first round pick Flynn, and then maybe a Chua. We don't actually have to debate the actual trade package right now, but you're giving away some significant young players and, and, and a pick for a starting center right now. So maybe this goes back to your fundamental belief and if the Raptors even need a center or not, but out of these three guys, assuming the price is similar and Turner's price is probably the highest. Who do you guys like the most and why? Uh, pretty, pretty basic Lewis as our guest, take it away.
0: Oh, this is hard. It is hard. Uh, we have to – I stand Pat is my just, uh, like, my always default. I have to choose one. Yeah, you can't <laughs> hedge. There's no hedging. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, probably Turner. Um, I don't think he's the best player of the three, but I think Toronto is just so unbelievably starved. And Aiden, you wrote a really amazing piece uh, today that I was hoping to bring up sooner rather than later. I'm bringing it up real soon. The idea of they're inverting inside out and they want their their smalls, so to speak, they're gigantic, but their smalls posting up and their bigs around the arc. Completely agree with you. Precious gets a lot of open looks, like a lot of open looks. Ken Birch completely uncontested in the corner. And Turner is the best one at being able to make opponents pay for that. Um, So, you know, uh, just in terms of their talent as players, I think Turner fits in the best. Um, Purtle's a ridiculous defender. He'd fit in so well there. Holmes, ditto. Holmes is probably the most talented offensively of the three, um, but I think Turner might might match best what the Raptors are trying to do.
3: Lou, Lou if you, you wanted to stand pat, it was, so we talked about this earlier. What's your like philosophy heading into the deadline? Uh, my philosophy is
0: try to get a Gary Trent Jr. not the player but the, the situation where it's your free agency, right? Yeah. So if, if you want to add a player in free agency, go rent him and see what mm-hmm. you can get. Uh, there's nothing wrong with overpaying a guy if overpaying is the only option. There's no overpay if the other option is not having the guy to begin with. Um, so, you know, Turner fits in there, I guess. Uh, but the price can be prohibitively high, particularly because I don't think Turner makes the Raptors a championship contender in the short term. And so, in that case, if it's a first or even more than one first,
1: I'm not sure if that helps in the long term either. Lewis, you must have missed the beginning of the show. The Raptors are already a championship contender. I don't know. Yeah, you, you didn't hear my us, mistake. My mistake. We're uh, we're going all the way this year. No, I'm going to no, stop us really quick, Do any of you guys, guys have strong opinions? Yeah. Can I, I'm i just going to pause us really, really
2: quick because I just found out some really cool information. Um, I don't know if I've even mentioned that Don Yang is, is producing our show in the background. If you are with us every single night after Raptors game nights, you know Don and Chris are our, our two producers. So thank you to Don for producing the show. And then Chris, who's not with us, who was in the comment section earlier, it is his birthday today. Oh. So... I want to quickly just uh, shout out Chris and say happy who's birthday. If we can, can we get like a happy birthday, Chris, in, in the comments?
1: Um, or a song. It is. Uh, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Birth. <laughs> uh, happy birth. And then well, we clip it like as its own YouTube it, video.
4: So, birthday, well, he'll watch.
1: Yeah, he'll, watch he'll definitely watch. Birthday, so I just want to
2: quickly say happy birthday to uh, one of our two producers. And then obviously, thanks to Don Yang, who's in the background doing all the great work <laughs> yeah. to go, um, as well. Anyway. I'll, um, let me ask
1: you guys this. Does anyone disagree with Lewis that Turner would be the guy out of those three? Go. go uh, yes.
0: I cited your piece, Aiden. What is this?
1: I, just, <laughs> can I, say, I really can I don't like Turner.
0: It's
3: my problem.
2: Can I say why first?
3: Yeah, you go. Okay. So
2: this is the thing with Miles Turner. We 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 acquire him for whatever the package is, guys. And the thing we've been hearing with Miles from the Indiana side over and over and over again is that he's not happy with his role. And when a guy says he's not happy with his role and his roles, he feels like his role is being minimized and he can be a much uh, more impactful player. That usually means he's not getting enough shots. Like that's the that, that's an easy way for him to say, you know, I'm not getting um, the shot volume that I want. Now, Miles Turner is going to come to a Toronto Raptors team who's obviously more competitive than the Indiana Pacers, but his role is likely going to be the same in Indiana, if not lessened by just a little bit. Will Miles Turner be happy in that situation with Toronto? And I think that's a real question that people have to ask because this is the main, I think this is the primary reason why Miles wants to leave Indiana. This is why over and over again we keep hearing Miles is a guy at the trade deadline feels like it's been happening for 10 years straight, even though he's been in the league for, what, seven years, six years? Um, it's Good just – it's something to really think about this is, is is Miles' role. And I don't think with the guys we have now that his role is going to expand into this thing where, um, you know, he'll be super happy at the end of the year. And people will say, you know, winning will change things and winning makes people accept lesser roles. But I don't know. I feel like every NBA player has a little bit of ego to them, and which isn't a bad thing, obviously, and I think – every NBA player believes that they can be, they can do more than they're asked to do. And um, I think Miles is looking at this personally as a situation where I want to go to a team where my role is going to expand and I can be the player I think I can be. And I don't know if he can do that with the Toronto Raptors. So, um, yeah, can I, just I, did, say, I just wanted to throw that in really quick.
4: I don't know if the volume will be a problem. Like we were saying earlier, think about how many open corner threes Precious would have if he took them. Think about the Chris Boucher minutes that like – Boucher Siakam OG Trent Van Vliet lineup like just replace Boucher with uh, with Turner there all those open but, threes like he's but where is he the Kyle shots. in the pecking order where 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 would you put Miles who, Miles who, Turner I in the don't pecking think he'll order. care he's gonna be knocking down open corner threes and like running and high fiving Nick Nurse on his way back down the floor like I don't oh. think it's like a like he doesn't need low post touches he's gonna be getting a yeah. lot of open shots that's mm, fair just putting it out there you guys
0: remember that story about Zion being furious about being serenaded like is gm played the piano for him i always who's the first player gonna come to toronto nick nurse is gonna play him a, a song on the guitar he's gonna be like what is that could be turner he he might hear nick nurse playing a song for him be like i need out of this city immediately
1: <laughs> yeah but then messiah will just put an arm around him and be like listen we win here this is what They're we fine. do and They're he'll be like here he's like i'm in <laughs>
3: I yeah. I I'm a Sahal. I just I don't think Turner is gonna buy into what we want. Like based on Lou, what you're saying, like I agree. That's exactly the kind of big we would want. And 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 they run an offense around Saboner and and Turner is <laughs> in the corner. And like God I think actually said something, it. Something similar is going to ha- Would happen with Toronto. And mm-hmm. I don't. Frankly, I don't know that we want Turner doing any back to the basket stuff anyway. So that's Let why I that. always go. What's that?
1: I would say this, though, like Nick Nurse let Precious Achua bring the ball up the court in uh, Summer League uh, for the first 20 games of the season. Like Nurse lets guys have the freedom until they're so bad that he's just like, all right, sorry, I tried, but like we're done. So I feel like Turner would get a lot more opportunity than he got in Indiana, maybe not in the playoffs or this season, but like in general. Nurse gives his players a lot of freedom, so I think okay. if if he really can do these things that he thinks he can do in terms of he thinks he can be more than a spot up shooter and a rim runner, then I think he'll get those opportunities in Toronto. It's just a matter of whether he'll actually succeed doing them. Um, but yeah, I don't buy into reporting like too hard when when you hear like a guy come out and say that like he's clearly not happy in Indiana, and I think that if he found a place where he was happy even if he was technically the fifth option in the starting unit. Um, I don't think that's enough of a tr- reason not to get him.
0: Yo, are we sure he'd start?
1: Yes. I,
4: I think it is worth mentioning, though, they ran Nate Bjorgren out of town there in Indiana. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. So, oh, yeah, They did not like Nate at all. They ran him right back <laughs> to Toronto. They ran him right back <laughs> yeah. to Toronto. Be- so and now they're, they're worse ahead. for it. How's their relationship? I couldn't imagine it's very good. Before I we go, know, guys, because yeah. I got to go really
2: soon. Yeah. Sorry, Aiden, this is the second time I'm cutting you off. So I'm not <laughs> okay, picking dude. on you. This is not no, no. personal. Um, really quick, I'm going to go with the Perto. I think he's a premium Kem Birch. I think Kem Birch went healthy at his best is the perfect fit with the core guys that the Raptors have. And I think Pertle is an even better version of that much better rim protector, much better screen setter, uh, run, uh, rim, very good rim runner. I think Pertle is a guy that the Raptors should probably target. I don't know if San Antonio is willing to get rid of a guy like that because he is still relatively, um, you know, young in NBA age. He's not obviously not 22, 23, but, um, I believe he's in his mid mid to late twenties. So, um, I'm going to go with the Porto, but I do like the two other options especially Turner but only with the caveat that he buys in and I don't I just still I'm kind of iffy on it I don't know so that's going to be the last thing I say guys if you're watching this uh, I appreciate you I really have to go I said I would be gone at 3:50 p.m. Eastern time um so yeah I actually initially said 3:30 but
1: I love this a lot so um <laughs> bye guys bye good to have
2: you, you dude take care
1: uh, anyone have any last thoughts on the center stuff?
4: I,
0: yeah, I, I, think we, I think if no one's going to talk about Holmes, uh, you're a I was going to say the same yeah, thing. Sam's it's worth mentioning
4: here. that like Holmes is kind of a nice medium between those two players. Like, I mean, he's the best of the just yeah.
0: as purely like talented players. I think he's like a, a fair amount better than either of those other two really? centers. Oh yeah, but I defensively- think defensive. Defensively, he's like maybe a shade worse than Pirtle. Nothing significant. And offensively, he's—he I think he's just miles better.
1: Yeah, I think he's the best offensive player for sure. You disagree
0: with that so much? And and I I think think he would—I
1: think he would fit in when we talk about like spacing. He provides a level of spacing that's not Turner level of spacing, but his push shot would be immensely valuable in this offense. Like, yeah, remember when I said so many opportunities?
0: Remember when I said Karras' floaters? aren't wanted here. You know whose floaters we do want? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: That's a longer floater. You a know, I will actually
3: catch alley-oops and put them in the hoop, which is something oh, yeah. more than any of our bigs can do. Plus, and Pertle's not really that kind of guy either. But... Look at that field goal percentage. Yeah, our
0: highest per- field goal per- – our center, our best shooting center is what? Kem Birch at like 48% or something? I'm totally guessing. Like yeah. having a center who makes everything – Changes the game. Raptors also... fans may not remember that because the last time we had a center who made everything was like Lucas Nagara.
4: It <laughs> is really good. Yeah. And... There's also a guy on King's Twitter who's convinced that. Rashawn Holmes can shoot the three because he shot well on low volume and in uh, Philadelphia shot kind of well in college so like and he's on very low volume in Sacramento like that could be a huge find just like picking up Rashawn Holmes and have him being a three point shooter I mean it's not impossible the one thing I'll ask though is that like a lot of why
3: people want a center for Toronto is on the defensive end right like as a counter to some of the other bigs and it's like we've seen that Turner can't do that I don't know what Holmes can do and but we do know that Pirtle is capable of doing that and so I to me that's why Pirtle kind of wins it wins out for me is that like at the very least defensively we can depend on him at all three levels I mean, the Raptors are going to double Embiid. Like, they have such crazy – because
0: it's only Embiid. He's the only player yeah. that, that matters. Well, Jokic for.
3: in the finals, but
0: <laughs> – And Vooch, I guess Vuc. But, and like, Giannis, the Raptors have such wild different. doubling schemes that it, I don't think it really matters who the primary is. Like, ma- the most important right. defender on Giannis and Embiid during the finals run – Was like maybe Marcus All, but like maybe equally Kawhi Leonard because he was just so good at poaching the weak side. Like it's just it's it's much more complex than just Pirtle can guard him. Yeah, although I agree with you that he is significantly the best option against Embiid.
1: Yeah, yeah, like he'll he'll take the most away in terms of like Embiid where Embiid's getting the ball in the post, and he'll he'll give guys an extra two seconds to kind of get over there compared to maybe like. You know some of the other options we're talking about, but yeah, no one's guarding Embiid one on one. Same with you. got to talk
4: about spacing, though. Like, is that not an issue already? I don't think Pirtle can survive. Like, he's gonna get basically played off the floor because they can't space the floor.
0: I mean, he's like the best offensive rebounder in the league, and every miss is a Kobe assist when Pirtle's (laughs) on your team. And also,
1: like, Precious is not getting played off the floor, and he's getting he's going in there with Banton. They have that one group right now. It's Banton. Uh, Barnes, Siakam, Precious, Boucher or something.
4: What's the net that, rating of that
1: group? I, it's up and down. <laughs> in, it was they haven't been I, scored it, on yet. <laughs> yeah, it was good last game against <laughs> Miami, actually. But but I guess I'm saying if Precious can survive in these lineups with little spacing, Pirtle's like going to dramatically improve those type of things. And it's not perfect, for sure. And you're going to have to figure out who am I starting and all those conversations. But I think that I think Pertle improves your spacing to what they have now. Right. Should we be including Bamba?
0: Talk about M- Bamba.
1: Yeah, right. he was. A, he's a he's a flyer. I like when you talk about like, actually, I want to get to flyers after. So I'm just going to leave you guys with this before we get to it. Like right now, just start to think about like, who's a young player who I'd like to take a flyer on if I'm the Raptors. OK. Um. But before we get to that, we have a couple more fake trades here. This one was mentioned in the Sports Night article that Blake put out today. So it's Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell for Goron and Chris Boucher. Pretty straight up. Boo boo.
0: <laughs> I mean, you get two rotation players for one rotation player. Yeah, I would do it. They're so thin, like, sure.
3: But yeah, but I don't know that Bullock is that big, like he's so one dimensional offensively and Powell, I don't think gives you that much more than what precious is already giving you.
4: No, I, I think this is a good segue into like, whether or not the Raptors should be even looking to move Chris Boucher. Cause I, like he's yeah. their only valuable, he's their only reliable bench piece. He's one of the only reliable floor spacers. Now that he's shooting his shootings picked up a little bit. He's actually, improving on the defensive end like I get that he was really poor to start the year maybe he's a streaky player maybe this is just a hot streak and he will go back to his his usual Chris Boucher ways to end the year but like I'm not in favor of moving Boucher unless it's for one of the aforementioned bigs like the Pirtles or the the Rashawn Holmes or the et cetera the turners of the world because like he's the only valuable piece off the bench
1: as much as it pains me to say this, as a member of the Longboy Gang and a Slim Jim subscriber, uh, I would trade Chris Boucher, and the reason is like it's it's not about how he's playing right now. It's just about I don't see them re-signing him. And uh, if you're a team in the position that the Raptors are in, you have to make you can't let another guy walk for nothing. I guess and. I just don't think they would resign him considering kind of what they need in terms of a center down the line and all the power forwards they already have. I know like they want to play this way, but are you going to commit another 20 million or whatever into Cruz Boucher? (laughs) I wouldn't personally, I don't see the Raptors front office doing it. And so if I can get, you know, this package, it's nothing special um but if you can get anything that kind of fits your long-term outlook a little bit better I would do it and this one I like because okay Dwight Powell's not like a significant upgrade but you can flip him next season you know that's all an 11 million dollar salary that could become really useful next trade deadline or in the offseason and then Reggie's just a shooter and God knows we need it
0: I mean you want an 11 million dollar salary you can just Sign Lorenzo Brown. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 will only talk about Lorenzo Brown today. I where he is he all, right
1: now? Lorenzo Brown is hearing this. Like, I'll take it. He's, he's like, he's what? in
4: the room. He's in the room with. Louis. Like, he's like, yeah, no. Right. But
0: he's I, I think I. What, my point is, I, I disagree with the conception of you can't let another guy walk. I mean, like, sure, it's bad to have stars walk. Like having Kawhi Leonard walk was. A bad thing for the franchise. Uh, I don't think Mark Gasol or Serge Ibaka, you know, in hindsight, were saving that Tampa season. And so you like so a star walks versus trading him for, Earth, so a non-star walks versus trading him for Dwight Powell is the future of your franchise conceivably altered? And if the my point is, if what you're doing it for is a trade ship, you're kicking the mid-range salary down the road from one year to two. You can sign anyone for that mid-range salary. It doesn't matter. Uh, and so I, I I don't think Chris Boucher not being re-signed is a reason to trade him. Uh, and he's playing really well. He, he's doing stuff that the Raptors don't really have anywhere else on the rotation. Uh, so uh, at the same time, you know, Dwight Powell's a very good player. He does the same smart things on defense that Bush, Boucher has been doing recently. Um, so uh, I agree with you but for reasons that ultimately
3: disagree i think i i was so on board of trading boucher and now and then the pendulum swung fully in the other direction and now i don't know what to do but i cuz i do think he has a lot of value for a playoff contending team like if he does what he's been doing for us for like a top western conference team that's so valuable and so i think we could really extract a lot for him And do an analogous kind of Norm Powell trade where another team signs or trades for Boucher, intending to sign him for two additional years. And we get a younger guy that's like, that kind of does the same thing for a longer, longer period of time. Makes a lot of sense to me. Milk Boucher, one way to phrase it. Um, But at the same time, like, because I want to go to the Eastern Conference finals, I'm kind of like, fuck it, let's just take him and and roll with it and see what happens maybe we can do a sign and trade in the off season
4: i i, I just want to add like we're talking about oh, we don't want to like take on salary. We don't want to pay Boucher. But like in this trade, we're taking on other salary. What difference does it make? We're taking on other years. Like Well, I guess, well, I guess what I was years saying. And years down the road. But next year, like next summer, there's practically no difference between paying Boucher or absorbing these guys.
1: No, but what I was saying is that, you know, Dwight Powell, there's your third center. I think it's something the rosters missed this season. And then Reggie Bullock, you know, plays a completely different position. So I'm saying more so like the overlap with those two players is significantly less so than than what I see Boucher's overlap being next season when Scotty's doing more and and on and on. Um, I do like but, getting one for two. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's also for me. I think I've watched too much Chris Boucher to trust him in the playoffs. Like you guys maybe disagree with that, but like. If we're being honest, he doesn't have a track record in the playoffs, right? This would be his first rotational, day, like minutes in the playoff situation, and I've never seen it. And I, I, I admit that he's really thriving in the role that he's in right now. But if you could get some real value for him, I would. And this is not like my ideal Pouché trade package. I actually think he has the value of like a protected first round pick, and if you can get that, I would rather get that um but but i'm just saying like generally speaking i wouldn't be too like strict about holding on to him for those reasons
4: yeah maybe it's the value that's the problem for me because i think actually both of these guys like this isn't maximizing the value of either of these guys but we can move on
1: yeah well okay do we I'm have another trade you want out. to put on Absolutely. oh here oh yeah i like this one Absolutely too actually no. Uh, this is this is a good one to talk about as well. Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph for Goron and Malachi Flynn. Um, I wonder. Uh, I'm gonna look up if Kelly is his contract fully guaranteed. Anyone know? I'll look it up. He has at least one more year, doesn't he? Well, it says three years there, but I wonder if there's an option.
3: Uh, I like I. This is like if Goron can't get you anything, which based on the rumors suggests he can. I don't really want. I don't really want these guys. But it's better than nothing. It's better than buying out Goran. I do I do agree with that. I
0: mean, is it though? Because if you buy out Goran, you get under the luxury tax bill if you give something back, which means you can finally sign that 15th roster spot. So I, I don't hate buying out Goran.
1: Um, no but i think in this situation oh no the raptors are taking on money wait who's taking on money here no yeah the pistons would be taking on money so the raptors i think they would be ducking under it enough to, to sign that 15th player
0: yeah oh linux interesting i mean like he he brings more offensively he makes quicker decisions i think he might play 10 15 minutes a game for toronto uh it's nice to have four centers and have none of them start. That's just a fun, interesting exactly. rotation choice.
1: We're the anti-Cleveland
3: Cavaliers. And they're, and they're yeah, all they're undersized. T- it's not even like they're center
1: centers, you know?
0: Yeah, four small centers, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. No, I think I agree with this comment. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of a risky contract. It's fully guaranteed. So, you know, he was hurt all of this year. It's a little risky. There's definitely some risk involved for three years. Um, but yeah, not not the sexiest trade. I, I'm definitely all the way out on Corey Joseph, but I think Olenek could help this team.
4: Can, can I just say it just falls into the category of like, just get all Canadians like it's what you do in NBA 2K. If you like want to start do like a different type of franchise, like I'm not in on this at all. I couldn't be more out, honestly.
1: Okay, I want to go to that's enough fake trades for now. But why don't we talk about the question I asked you guys before, which is Lewis kind of said it. This is their free agency, right, for the Raptors. So if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Gary Trent in the situation where they flipped an older Norman Powell for a young player in Gary Trent, who they saw some upside in and they re-signed and it's worked out really well, about as well as you could have hoped it would. Are there any guys like that who are on maybe the younger side, maybe haven't worked out so well uh, on the current team that they're on that you would like the Raptors to take a flyer on, maybe using the Boucher or the or the Goron contract to get? If anyone, yeah, go for it. Aiden. I have
3: three. Okay. okay. <laughs> One I put in the my trade article and I started here, which was um, Jalen Smith for Boucher. Kind of like a same kind of prototype. He's, I think he's a little bit slower foot speed, but um, and he's a UFA, which makes it a little bit more difficult, but I, but I think he can only get paid so much. But so just kind of an interesting guy to explore um, and really analogous to the Norman, Gary kind of thing, get younger, same prototype. So I like that one, and Phoenix could really use Boucher. The other one is some kind of package with Utah and Boucher for Moses Moody. I think like I think Kaminga's playing really well and Moody's kind of gonna be like a project and I think Utah and Boucher boost uh, the Warriors bench nicely and really fit into what they're doing. Uh, we might have to give up a pick, but I feel like uh, that could be a little steal. And then my last one is Jalen Noel out of uh, from Minnesota. Another like kind of combo guard he doesn't shoot very well, which is a problem, but, um i like i like his game and i think um minnesota also wants to make a run for the playoffs so we could send send guys to kind of fill the ranks of their bench those
4: Those are good ideas yeah yeah i like i'm all in on the 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 smith like i think he's incredible young talent and they're not going to pay him like there's a There's that's like an arbitrage situation in which, like, the Suns aren't willing to play to pay him at all. And this is the type of situation that smart franchises take advantage of because he's going to be cheap.
1: Yeah, I like that he can play the four and the five, like, that's immediately intriguing at his age. I thought he was exclusively a five coming out, but he shot the three, like, he's shooting the three pretty well. He has some decent foot speed. I like him for sure. And he's the perfect, like, Raptor. Let's be honest.
3: A, a guy similar to Smith, also is Zeke Naji, with Denver, like same kind of idea, a four or five kind of combo guy who has like some potential.
4: Naji doesn't wear glasses. Though. We got to give credit to the the one For of the, the few guys, the, guys the in the goggles. NBA willing to wear glasses. That's true. I, mean, I think that that that's cool?
1: interesting though because I think Boucher is the type of player that the Suns could maybe be interested in, and even yeah. the Warriors. Well,
0: yeah. the Warriors taking Boucher back would be accepting that they, like, screwed up his development. Right. <laughs> uh Teams I, – I might just be, like, totally making this up, but just it seems like teams try not to trade for players that they had okay, well, and then gave up and then got yeah. good after. Like, people want the Raptors to get O'Shea Brissett back, and I would love that. Brissett's my guy. Brissett's my guy is super, like, wonderful human being, but I just don't think the Raptors – would do
1: that but lewis i just thought of the perfect trade though you get... no no you do boucher for uh for the glove the kit yeah
0: that's i mean another I guy, mean, the, guy mitten.
1: If... the mitten the kit right that would raptors... just be the perfect both teams messed up everybody yeah. everybody goes home happy the
0: raptors are trying to monopolize small centers so like it's time to get the smallest center
3: in the league <laughs> Bruce <laughs> yeah. brown um and yeah i thought the same thing with O'Shea i'm like i really want o'shea back but we can't we the, that that
1: ship has sailed yeah uh lewis or do you guys either any of you guys yeah i mean them?
0: minnesota has a lot of really interesting talented guys but uh it's hard to know like naz reed for example if you asked me a few months ago i would be like man throw the farm for that guy but now i just don't think you can get him out of minnesota uh, and so Noel's a more, a more interesting uh, name out of Minnesota. I, it's like, I think, th- theoretically, what you were trying to do, Aiden, you know, young guys who are on teams that are competing where they're, it's, they're not ready for their growth is the correct move for Toronto. Uh, and Boucher is just, he's going to be someone's Bobby Portis. That's just like his future. Yeah, I 100% agree, mm-hmm.
4: which is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, I need to I, think I, more. Come back to
3: me.
4: I, I, first of all, I like that you said Bobby Portis. Like he's like you know, like a <laughs> grandfather Portis. I love. Portis. Um, loved, I love Bobby
3: uh, P. By the way, just...
4: the uh, the Moody trade. I think the price. I don't think it's there. I, they, you're talking about like admitting you screwed up. Like they just drafted him. They had the option to trade him for kind of package him for a, a win now piece. Like I don't see the Warriors moving on from Moody just for Chris Boucher. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a pick and you have a decent pick.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll do my guy if no one else has one. And my guy is this guy. Got all the Canadians is where I'm at. So I'm biased. I'll say that right off the bat. I'm biased because what Nikhil did for Team Canada was really impressive to me. And it has not translated to the NBA this season. But that's a situation where this kid's had three coaches, I think, in like as many years. He's played with Zion and then no Zion and then Zion. And then like the team is changing every year. Fundamentally, he has not had an easy adjustment to the NBA. And like this season has not been the breakout that a lot of people expect it. And the three point shot has kind of come back down to earth. But as a developmental project who could even give you some minutes right now off the bench, I think he's like the perfect kind of guy who also, I think, gives you something that the Raptors don't, again, have. Sorry, very much of off the bench, which is he's a really crafty player who can get to the rim and he's had some, you know, he's had differing degrees of success doing that uh, for a number of reasons, but. I think the potential is, is really it's pretty high. He's like 23 years old. And I just think like once in a while he'll he'll bust out a dribble package and let's get by his man and just like crafty finish at the rim and you're just like more of that please. And I I like him. I, I, I think he's
0: I think he's probably like three, four years away from being the rotation guy he's gonna end up at. Uh, which is, I mean, that's the precious Achua, um, like timeline, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of what we're talking about here is what's the timeline for this Raptors team? Are they going to be, because we all know the goal's contention. Like Masai ha, is very open that he's not going to try to build a second round team that is successful but goes home every year. And are they going to try to contend in two years? Uh, in which case a guy like uh, Nikhil isn't, like, super helpful. They're going to try to contend in five years. So there's a lot of questions, uh, you know, that go into which guy you're targeting. I think Jalen Smith, for example, that's that's a closer
4: timeline,
1: right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I don't necessarily agree. I don't think he's – three, four years seems like a longer time – like in terms of the Raptors bench, like I'm not sure if he's three, four years from being a contributor at the Raptors on the Raptors bench. There aren't many. I mean, New Orleans worse. And that is, that that is true. But he's, he's in a different situation he's going to have more open shots in Toronto. He's going to like be in a better, a more, a more welcoming structure, et cetera. Um, I just, again, it's like a, it's a price thing. It just feels like, I don't know what the Raptors have to give up that, New Orleans willing to like move off a guy so quickly.
1: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does this mean? Uh, any, any last anyone else? Claxton? Can I float Mo Bamba? Yeah. Mo, Mo Bamba. Are we allowed
4: to float Mo Bamba? All I'll yeah. say is like if Mo Bamba was available at the whatever, let's say the Raptors are picking like 21st this year, would the Raptors draft him? Easily. Right, mm-hmm. like he still he still has the physical profile. He still has like the the traits that you're looking for. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry.
3: Okay.
0: I have Aiden as top left here. Yeah, I'm I don't
3: that's me left. or not because I'm ready to. I think Am it I is. Top left. There's no uh, way. Aiden's the um, guy who
0: actually knows basketball. Here, he's the guy yeah, exactly. who is the, and... the only yeah. guy
4: who knows how to play well. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't go that far. Um, anyway, I think Mo still has a trade, so if it takes like a boucher plus an unpro- unprotected first round pick, even boucher plus an unprotected first and a swap next year type thing, I don't care. I, I'm I'm all the way in on Bamba. They're gonna have to pay him. And that's really the biggest like the biggest issue here, the biggest roadblock in the Bamba venture for most teams. And that's the reason that it sort of gauges value around the league, but I don't know. He still has traits and the physical profile. And at the end of the day, it's like when you when you talk about guys who are like in situations like Orlando or New Orleans, et cetera, it's like just get him in the door and we'll figure him out. They they had an effed up life there.
3: Um and going back to Naw, I think someone said to me once that like those like six four, six five, I he's six four, six five, right?
1: Yeah, he's like six five.
3: Those combo guards, they take a long time to develop. They're kind of like those second, second contract type guys. So it's like to lose points is like timeline wise. It's like, do, are we willing to pay to find out because it's gonna it might take a little bit of time for him to like really hit his peak, which I think is very possible. Like I think you're right. He has the skill set. It's just like, how raw is he currently?
1: Yeah, and I mean, ideally, you're getting a guy who can do both, right? Who can contribute now, yeah. uh, work through mistakes, and then have, peak a few years from now. And even Precious is, he's contributing right now, and he's getting better as the season goes along. So, yeah. And
0: that's Mobamba, too. Like, to know whether the Raptors are willing to pay the currency, which is both money and playing time, to develop a guy you have to look at it from Nick nurse's perspective and sure Mo Bamba or nah might be, might put up 30 point games once a month and might flash all this, you know, spectacular promise. But if they're not able to contribute most of the time, they're on the floor in one way or another, then they're not going to pay that cost and precious, you know, for all of everyone's um, criticism of him is, is, maybe Toronto's best inside defender. Like he, I mean, Pascal sort of taken that leap, but he has been outrageous as a defender. He's been switchable. He's been their best rebounder. He has been phenomenal. And no matter how much he cramps the spacing and he cuts poorly and he calls his own number on offense, he's just doing good stuff. And yeah. I, I don't know if M- Bamba is going to be doing that good stuff for a high enough frequency that he's on the floor for Toronto to want to pay that cost,
1: mm-hmm. this is the part of the show we made an hour and forty minutes in. This is the part of the show where we start to talk about Pascal's improved rim protection. All right, guys, let's really delve into it now.
2: <laughs>
1: no, but honestly, it's a it's a good point. Um, yeah, do you want to respond to him, Kyle? Or, or no, no, I'm happy.
4: This has been a marathon. Honestly, I was expecting. Yeah, there... I was not expecting this long. I think. Uh... Oh.
1: Yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I was just
4: gonna say if if you're here, um, you know, hit the subscribe button because we've had to like we've had to push this really intensely to get up to the number we have, but it's been super high number. And instead of like relying on following every Raptor's personality on Twitter, if you just subscribe, you'll just see it. It'll be that easy.
3: Um, I got two more baby ones. Do you want to hear them? Sure. I can go baby. All day. Yes, baby. Um. Uh. Goga Badate?
1: Mm. Meh. It
4: okay. yeah, does doesn't man. move the needle for me. Okay, I not... like it.
3: <laughs> and uh, Najee Marshall, Marshall and Willie Hernan Gomez. You give up Svi, Bonga, Flynn in a second. Svi,
1: Bonga, Flynn in a second.
4: Uh, I'm kind of in on that. Just like off the dome, I, I I like Hernan Gomez. I think he has a lot to offer, and he's never really been in the right situation. And I, again, like I have so much faith in this Raptors team to like put guys in a situation, especially bigs, in a situation where they can thrive. So I don't know. I'm on board.
1: Yeah, it's not like you're giving up a whole lot here, if we're being honest. No, it's
3: just, <laughs> just crud for crud. But Marshall is like, an older rook, like second year guy, like there's some potential there. Gomez gives you that like third string center that people have been wanting.
1: Right.
4: It's not not exciting. That's that. this is second hour two stuff. Does anyone have any blockbusters, any real crazy trades? I guess we can answer some trades in the comments. If you guys want to give us like, you know, your, your earth shattering paradigm shifting Raptors Mm -hmm. trades. Um, Kyle, I know you got one. I do have one. We can talk deal. I know it this is again, like this is gonna be it's kind of like we've spent an hour and 50 minutes talking about like pretty reasonable stuff, but is this something you'd be on board with? It's a couple firsts, a completely unprotected, and this is that 2025 first is actually supposed to be a swap, as you can see. So that's not an accurate graphic, but um the 2025 first. Which is a swap is actually kind of crucial because that's the year Beal's contract would be up. That would be the year that potentially the Raptors could fall deep into the you know the lottery mix, It'd be ending of uh, you know, the Pascal and, and uh, Fred contracts are like coming towards their and their natural end. So I'm just interested, like if this was offered to you right now, your Messiah do you accept this?
1: Can we change OG for Gary Trent Jr.?
4: No, I'm not <laughs> allowing
1: it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I wouldn't take that.
1: Yeah, would I, I don't think I would. I wouldn't either. You got to pay Beal. That's the big thing. Yeah. So this
4: framework is basically it's sort of based on the Sportsnet article, which had, um, I believe, rather than the first round picks, had Gary Trent Jr. and then like another like salary filler coming back from the Wizards. So this is like essentially that trade, but the first round picks. Now, I think what's worth keeping in mind is that these. 2022 and 2024 first round picks with Beal under contract. Those are 20s picks. Like those aren't those aren't lottery picks unless something goes terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. Look, I love Beal, probably a lot more than most Raptors fans do. I think he's the exact type of guy that Zach Levine, Devin Booker are. Where if you put them on a good team, they're they're looking like some of the best players in the league. And Beal is, I he is so good. But I just I'm not certain that if you take OG off this team and put Beal on, like just get aside from all the picks, just OG for Beal. I don't think the Raptors are, are getting out of the East. And I, I like, it's close, but they're not the favorites. They're not like the swaggering favorites that the Kawhi Raptors were. And then to, to mortgage the future like that, it's not a sale. It's a mortgage. Let's say, I just, I don't think this helps you long-term and man, it, It's close. Like Beal is so good, but I just, I'm not certain about it.
1: That's the thing for me too. It's like, it's a very similar framework to the Kawhi Leonard trade, except when they made the Kawhi Leonard trade, they had enough depth, for example, to go get Marcus Saul. They were already deep playoff teams the years prior to that. This just feels premature to me. Uh but it's definitely the type of framework that I could see the Raptors doing down like a year from now or two years from now.
0: Yeah, if they if they finish sixth this year like third next year in the East, but have some playoff exits, now we can be starting to talk about a trade like
4: this. And, and but the price for Beal go down, j- yeah. he'd be an expiring at the time. So it's yeah, a what team that about.
0: didn't make the playoffs
4: last year, I, I don't know. Yeah. For what it's worth, I'm not on board with this either. I was just trying to approximate the value of the Sportsnet trade as closely as possible. In fact, we opened the show by saying, like, I'm not in favor of trading any BICs.
1: It was the one no Sportsnet trade in that yeah. article. It was the one in that article that I was, like, mad about. <laughs> like, all the other ones were like, yeah, these are reasonable. That mm-hmm. one, I was like, that's that's a lot. Um, I think we should get out of here unless you guys have are opposed to that.
3: Do we want to take a couple of audience trades and just quickly tell them how bad they are or no?
1: Well, this is terrible right here. (laughs) Sorry, but... Oh, that's awful. It's terrible. It's like, do we have to shit on all of our audience members? We we like our audience.
3: I would say that a Barnes-Simmons-Siakam OG4 would be really fun to watch.
1: It would be fun in certain ways, for sure. If you like that kind of
3: basketball, it'd be fun.
1: We'd be a worse team. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Okay, so we shot on that one. Shout (laughs) on that one, okay. Yeah, we talked about this already. Why why would they do that? Eric Gordon is way more
0: expensive than that. But if you could get him on the Raptors, he would be so unbelievable. He would be so good on the Raptors. Wait, you but, think he'd uh, more
1: expensive? Oh, a second. Sorry. I, I think know. it would be Dragic and like a pick swap or something for
0: Gordon. The Raptors are definitely not getting a pick.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't see that until the end. Lou, can I? Oh, Dragic I... plus
0: a first. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm yeah. In. I'm yeah. in.
1: Yeah, this is what we talked about earlier. though. we've talked about most of these trades. I got to be honest. That Lou, can that... I give you? Can you give you mine?
0: <laughs> just what just happened?
1: <laughs> he wants Dwight Howard in a raptor. Wants Dwight Howard in raptor a
4: raptor uni. This is what is too this... much trade machine does to somebody. Yeah, breaking. This is brain. from Aiden. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Okay, I just I can't look at everything. Who's who's Toronto giving
3: up? Malachi Svi. Goran and, and uh, that's it.
0: Malachi, Sfi, and Goran? I mean, I, I can't possibly consider this from Houston or LA's point of view, <laughs> but if you can give up Malachi, Sfi, and Goran and get Eric Gordon and Dwight Howard, you're winning executive of the year. That's incredible. It's true. We,
1: have to, right. we have to pay more. Probably give well, I more just money. don't
0: know. Maybe Maybe it works. Okay. Gordon's so good.
1: Yeah, no, Gordon's definitely a target of mine too. Okay, guys, I think that was great. We almost hit the two-hour mark. Thanks so much to Sahal who left us, Aiden, Lewis, Kyle. Thank you to all of our live viewers. We know that we had a lot and we really appreciate all of you. And I, I want to say that for anyone listening, we are going to go live at 2 p.m. on February 10th and do this again during the actual trade deadline. We did the same thing last year. It was a whole lot of fun a bunch of Raptors Republic people came and hung out. We took questions and basically we'll just be reacting to what the Raptors do at the trade deadline, what other NBA teams do at the trade deadline or what the Raptors don't do. In that case, we'll be very, we'll be all be very angry and we'll, we'll all write Masai a a note, a notes app right on here. So that's going to be the case. 2 PM, February 10th come Raptors Republic, YouTube or Twitch channel. And we're going to do this thing right over again we're gonna do it again um, but yeah do you guys have any last words before we get out of here
4: I think it's funny you know, that Chris like... had to go and then came back in the time we were broadcasting
1: yeah happy birthday that's, Chris that's
4: true birthday celebration Yeah, I yeah. love you buddy that's, that's my final thought thanks for having us guys and thanks Don you did a wicked job
1: yeah happy birthday to producer Chris thank you Don behind the scenes just a quick boop, just for helping us out there uh the whole show he's been doing this for two hours so thank you very much to him and again we'll be back then and we'll also be back tonight i believe Uh, after every single game after every single raptors game we we do this show live on youtube where we react to the game we show film we analyze the game we talk about stats we talk about social media stuff and yeah if this is your first time viewing that is kind of what this show is so subscribe and we'll see you next time. Good night, cruel world.
4: Bye. <laughs> you have to end the bright